You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. In this episode, Dave and Matt kick off our Summer Mortgage Board series. This is just a Q&A between friends, hopefully answering some of the questions you might have. And if you have questions, send us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com or leave us a comment. We might get to it in a future episode. Uh, it syncs the audio and the video together. The computer will automatically... You don't need your other ear off. Cause you I know. know. I was just waiting to listen to you until I was set. Plus, that looks cooler. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a child. I know. <laughs> All right. So you, what you do is... Uh, to get us started, you look at the cameras and he's like, camera number one, camera number two, camera number one, camera number two. You did a great job. <laughs> you do it. Why do I have to do it? <laughs> I feel like this is a trick. Are you nervous? Camera number one, camera number two. Camera number one, camera number two. You're going to make me look like a fool. <laughs> uh that will not be on me if that happens. I got to go home now. Yeah. Hey, so welcome to the whole testament. I'm here with my buddy Matt Riley. Um, trying to do some summer super sweet shimmer smorgasbord stuff. And he likes to ask me lots of questions. So I thought it'd be sweet to hang out with him. I He sent me a list of some, but... I tried not to read too much into them, so it could kind of just be... So, like, the whole reason... You're one of the guys that told me at one point, you should do a podcast um, a long time ago. And because of our conversations, we'd sit down, he'd mm-hmm. ask me questions, we start chatting, and um, it was just it's just fun. Fun to chat, learn about the Bible, and and try to ask some questions. So that's what we're trying to hope we can capture the best we can with you guys here joining us. It's just, hey, we're going to have a conversation, and hopefully God will reveal some stuff, and it'll be cool. I do not believe that I have all the answers, and some of the answers that I give. That's the correct answer. Good yeah, job. there you go. <laughs> they might be wrong, and that's okay. So... If it's wrong, just feel free to send me an email. Let me know how wrong I am. The whole testament at gmail.com. That's it. The whole testament at gmail.com. He's a listener. I, I can be the He's new friend. Yeah. Just not without the, the, without the, tech the technical part. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, my name is Matt Riley. Uh, I was born in New York. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Really? Uh-uh. We don't each other for a little bit now. I feel like that's. I did. I don't ask questions. Yeah, <laughs> I just I'm ask terrible. the questions. Yeah, I'm really and, bad yeah. at that. I really am. Yeah. So that. my parents met here, uh, moved to New York, and then after they had me, wanted to come back with family. So which reminds me, I just um, we just we redid your parents' basement. It's actually been ten years ago. I just got the photo mm. of your parents' basement. It was like a ten years ago today kind of a thing. And um, I found this picture of your parents before they were married that was really like, they would be so embarrassed if, and I took a picture of it, and I wish I could find that photo because I've always wanted to show you and be like, these are your parents. I've seen them all. My dad used to have a mustache at one point. I'm yeah. like, that. This is, they were park singers, and it's a very like, mm-hmm. 
It's a hilarious picture. He right? had some big hair too. Mm. But yeah, so that, so they're from here, moved back with family here. Uh, so I've I've gone to the same church since ninety six, ninety seven, uh, roughly whenever they moved back here. We started attending First Christian Church. Uh-huh. Um, so I've seen it make a lot of changes um, throughout those years. But um, went to college. And my wife brought me back. I always wanted to get out of Illinois, and she, I'm stuck. She of made her. you come back here, right? Yeah. And she's not from here. No, she's from the St. Louis area, uh-huh. um, but she got a job here. So, but yeah, you know, I won't complain. <laughs> yeah, that's always. Well, it, it works out now, right? Though, yeah. Now that you have a our, our a new roots baby, keep going deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. Now we have our eight and a half month old son, Jameson. Uh, so we're meeting more and more families that have kids and making more connections. And plus, you got built-in babysitting in town. With yeah. Your folks being here, which is helpful. It, yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, no complaints. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, that's a little bit about me. Uh, and your day job is. Um, so I work at a bank and I assist people with retirement planning, estate planning, and investments. All right. Mm-hmm. It's really riveting stuff. Is it? <laughs> is it? it I enjoy like the it. numbers. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure other people are just like, this is complicated. I don't understand it. That's me. That's why I hire you to help me with some of those things. But when I, I so I was um, trying to baby proof earlier today. Early? It's eight and a half months. Oh, I guess he's starting he's, to be he's mobile. He's crawling. He's mobile. That's so, when you start. So yes. I'm trying, I'm like, okay, I need to start doing So I'm trying to like do these latches in the the cabinets and I'm just like, I feel inadequate. <laughs> so you need me to do your latches, and I need you to. You probably help need me. to tell me like it's important to do that pilot hole, Matt. That's probably oh, why you keep is. dropping the screw. Yeah, and, it's a lot harder when you're inside there trying to screw. Yeah, yeah. And you'll help me learn how to retire. <laughs> Not gonna happen, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I'll uh, yeah, I'll at least get to only have to work half the time, maybe with your help. With a back uh, brace and some yes, knee pads, knee knee braces. <laughs> so, all right, enough, <laughs> enough, enough nonsense. Um, not now that makes it sound like what you have to talk about you is nonsense, and we want to get to what I have to say. So, which is true, but no, <laughs> I never know. You don't joke too much on the podcast. I don't. It's sad. <laughs> it's bad. I don't. I'm too focused. I'm your in, whole. I'm two people. I'm either completely only serious and very animated, mm-hmm. or I can't be serious and I only make jokes. And I don't know how to mix those two together. <laughs> it's one or the other. It's so funny because so. uh, like you referenced how we just started. I don't even know why we started getting lunches and whatnot. I think I just reached out randomly. I was like, "Hey, do you want to get lunch?" and just as a, like a, a point of contact, and then I remember we were in beat ups, and then I started asking you just a few questions, and you just went like so many layers deep. I was like, my brain hurts. <laughs> we gotta stop. Like we gotta we gotta break this up a few times. But it was uh, that's so true because whenever we get lunch, it's always like super joking, and then it's like okay, we're real serious. Yeah, and then you're like throwing <laughs> out another joke. Yeah, on the extreme side, I should figure out how to. Be a little less of both. Uh, yeah, so why don't we, I don't know, this list is to get going. Let's get going. And again, I don't really know what you're going to ask, but I got my Bible. Hopefully it will help. And I got, I'm going to get out my 
my phone with my blue letter Bible, which will help me find stuff I don't know where it is, in case, in case we got to go there. So, no, so you asked me to think through some questions and whatnot to just have our conversation. As typically, how our lunches go anyway, we yep. just get together and, and chat, and then I've got something on my mind or something. And right now, I've been looking through. So when we were watching the Chosen, uh-huh. Alexis and I, I was going just watching all the rituals and the life that they lived back then. I think it's taken a, a great like story and been able to visualize it, so I can yes. actually see. I know obviously they've added to. It's pretty good though. Like the, I've been very pleased to see how they deal with like. There's a whole lot of things that we probably don't know that, mm-hmm. like, if you don't know the some of that tradition and the history and and what Israel has tended to do with their tradition stuff, you may not know what part of the chosen is like the director's like flavor on things and what part is like actual. Traditions like he comes in, Jesus comes into his mother's house and he washes his hands and the and he says these blessings, right? You mm-hmm. may think that that, but those are actual blessings that get said. And mm-hmm. there's a, so many of those little things that I'm just like, ah, oh, that's really they really did a good job, I think, with all that. Mm-hmm. And and knowing kind of what you're doing with that pesky white page, uh-huh. trying to take it out, you know, put it all together. I was thinking through how can I just better understand those you know what all the stories are with how can i kind of bring the judaism of that day more to life when i'm you know reading it so i didn't know you know how can i I don't know how to ask the question almost. Uh, yeah, I and get it. And that's why I like, because you, you see where I'm going with it. I do, I do, where and I'm it's like, a really difficult, like, I fully, so the way my journey started was um, I was a youth pastor, just doing normal, like, normal stuff. My dad was a pastor, and he's really good at preaching and teaching, so I had a really good grasp on the scriptures, and just kind of went into youth ministry, kind of like already know, like the Bible. I know this stuff. But I always felt like there was something missing. And I happened to be at a youth workers convention, national convention, and heard about the Day of Atonement. And this sermon just was like, whoa. And it and so I immediately emailed the guy afterwards and was like, how so he started he was he was talking about the Day of Atonement and all the traditions that went behind it. And I was like, how did you know that? Because it's a piece that was me I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There was information about the scriptures that I didn't know and I felt like I knew a lot. And it was brand new. And so he sent me a huge list of books, right? <laughs> and I don't know how many of those now, because I didn't, I picked one or two off the list and then lost the list. You know, I don't have it. Good job. So I have no idea what was on that list um, at this point, but um, it began a very long process of reading and studying 
Judaism, like trying to get to understand first century Judaism, which is hard to do because mm-hmm. history rewrites itself sometimes and you don't know where whether you're in is this stuff that was actually current with when Jesus was alive or is this stuff that came along later down the line and so you have to try to work all that out but um, to so it was a really long process of studying all that and so I I kind of want to just stop the video and go because I have a books over here and I want to be like here's a book Here's a book. Here's a book. So I'm going to just, that's what we're going to do. Whoa. Here they are. Yeah. Oh, that's editing right there. Editing, editing. That's what Kevin or Fred likes to always say. So that was a good question. Look at this, right? Now I haven't read all of these, but this is what I did. Um, and when I, this is how old I am. When I started this, there was, the internet was not what it is today, right? There was no YouTube. Right. So everything I do now, I start at YouTube usually, hmm. you know, like, or Google at least, Googling. Now there was a Google and I could study, but like the information, you're, you're so blessed. Anybody who's just kind of beginning this journey are so blessed that um, this way of, of looking at the scriptures and trying to get back to the heart of like, we took a Jewish Jewish faith. So all the way through to the end of the book of Acts, even into, well, really all the way through the entirety of the, of the text, Christianity was not a new religion. It was a sect of Judaism. Mm-hmm. So, when when we start getting into the letters of Paul, we can. I think he sometimes. I know. I believe. I believe. I don't know what's right or wrong. I believe he becomes misinterpreted, and and so our misinterpretation of the letters of Paul is what caused us to create a brand new religion called Christianity, hmm. because. It was it was a re-understanding of the religion that God established, which the Jewish people are the ones that hold on to it. Thus, we call it Judaism. But it's not a Jewish thing. It's God's, like all this first part of this book right mm-hmm. here, the, the Bible is God's rules, God's laws, God's desire for his people, which just happened to be... Israel, and eventually just one tribe, Judah, which is where we get Jews. So we call it Judaism, but that's just one tribe, and it's not. It's Israel, which is really just the people of God. Okay? So I know. This is right. This is what happens. (laughs) This is what happens. Um, So we subdivided it into Christianity, and we separated it out from the heart of Judaism. So now when you're starting, for you, the the, piece, the pieces of the puzzle are being put back together. People all over the world are starting to ask these questions. And the church, um, it's amazing from when I started like 20 years ago to where I am now, the amount of people, the amount of resources, the amount of information that is available on the mm-hmm. internet is overwhelming. So it's going to be a lot easier mm-hmm. for you if you really want to go because you can just watch a ton of YouTube videos. I had to go to these books, okay? So... 
the some of the ones that really helped me. Here's one: new illustrated Bible manners and customs. So I do think I read this book because it goes through and it talks about like dietary stuff, how the Day of Atonement and the sin of Israel. It's in there. It's all this stuff about how they did stuff. Okay, so it's got all this information in here about the history, the customs of Israel, Mm -hmm. all right? Another one that goes along with that is this, and I do believe I read all of this. This is Josephus, the complete works of Josephus. Josephus was a Jewish historian, um, first century. Like, he fought against the Romans, and then when they got defeated, he kind of convinced them that he was important enough to keep around, and he wrote a history of Israel. Hmm. So, it's kind of, some people don't think it's fully accurate because... He's got Rome's thumb on him as he's writing it, so he can't speak truly to who Rome is, but he goes through it, and it starts like with with Abraham, Noah. It's like a retelling sort of of the Bible in a way that we don't necessarily have in the Bible. So this is a really good way to understand some of the history or traditions of the Jewish people. And then there's... There's stuff from the first of Cyrus to the death of Alexander the Great. So that's information that's not in our text. So he's just a historian. He's a Jewish historian, and he's writing, and he talks. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in here. He actually mentions Jesus in here. Um, But there's some controversy because it's so, the way it's worded, it's like, he mentioned Jesus, somebody came across it, a Christians came across it later and added in some to it to elevate. It's I was like, going to ask, how many times has this been? Redact- re- yeah, yeah. yeah, redacted, is that the word? I don't know. But so there's just a whole bunch about like how Ves- Vespasian, upon the hearing of some commotion in Gaul, made haste to finish the Jewish war. So it talks all about it. So there's a ton of customs and things that you can learn in here, like the mikvah which is where, right? You don't know, right? It's where we get the baptism, or a baptism. A mikvah is mm-hmm. a ritual water purification. It's a, a bath that you have to use. You get in it, and there's rules about it. And so uh, stuff like that is all in here, things that we need to understand mm-hmm. are in here. So this one was a big one that I read. That would help me. So the complete works of Josephus. Um hmm. Well, here's another one about, like, Illustrated Dictionary of Bible Life and Times. So this is another one that kind of talks about what things were like in the book of Isaiah. Here's some stuff. Here's the way it was, you know, some stuff. I haven't really used this one much. So just throw that over there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to talk to it then. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, yeah, these are just ones. So Jewish literacy, this is another one. This one was very valuable for me to beginning to understand. Huge in understanding our scripture is understanding how the mind of the original readers worked. Right, so the whole of the Old Testament was written to Israel, you know, Jewish Israel, mm-hmm. um, and 
understanding how they would understand things helps you. So because the New Testament is like so much of it is quoting the Old Testament or the the Greek scriptures is quoting the Hebraic scriptures and and talking about it and understanding how that plays out. And right. so in order for us to really get a full understanding, you got to know how the original audience was understanding it. And so this book, Jewish Literacy, helped me understand how they were understanding things. So this goes through and just talks about like, I mean, there's so much in here. But That's almost thicker than the Bible. It, it is. It talks about the Torah. It goes through Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah's Ark, patriarchs, Sodom and Gomorrah, the 12 tribes, like... It goes through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the later prophets, the writings. Um, then it goes through these other parts that we don't, we haven't been taught about. The Mishnah, the Talmud. These are Jewish writings, um, and we get a lot of information on how the rabbis thought. And, and so, Jewish writings that were separate from the teachings that they had back then. Well, so reason? like. Is that too complex? There's oral tr- oral traditions. Uh-huh. So the Mishnah, and I may get this wrong. So if I get it wrong, feel free to comment below and get it right. Um, I didn't study for this question. <laughs> the Mishnah is like oral traditions, which I have a copy. I have a copy of it because it talks about like one of the things that we get wrong in our scriptures. Like one of the one passages is like, the disciples were not washing their hands and they ate the grain and the and the Pharisees were like, your disciples washed with unclean hands and Jesus makes this statement about, it's not what goes into you that makes you unclean, it's what comes out of you. And thus Jesus declared all foods clean. And we read that and we think, outside of understanding the Jewish mindset and what's actually happening in that conversation, we think it's Jesus is now saying you can eat whatever you want. See, Jesus said you can eat whatever you want. Okay. Um, but the reality of it is, is they're talking about ritual purification and how how levels of, um, so it's like how levels of defilement transfer. So if somebody is unclean as a person and he grabs the bread in the market and he looks at it and decides he doesn't want that one, he grabs the next one. Um, I like to talk about like if you go to, to the grocery store and they have the donuts in the case where you can just reach in and get your donut, you're not going to do it, are you? Why? It's gross. Well, you don't know who touched that yeah. donut. You have no any. <laughs> I we've gone with my kids, and I had to buy like six donuts because when I'm looking, when I'm putting one in a bag, they're reaching up grabbing another one, and I'm like, well, now I got to take that one because I don't. Ezra, not everyone's like you. Thank you. Yeah, and not everybody is that way, right? And so that's the that's kind of the idea is you don't know who's touched that donut, and it might be defiled, and so now this bread is defiled, and if you eat it, now you become defiled. So it's this whole thing, and in the Mishnah, there's like. It's a book about this big and about this much of it is about impurities and how they transfer and defilement of things. And so the rabbi or the Pharisees in that discussion are not talking about what foods are or are not kosher, but they're talking about what how far, what are the levels of uncleanness? So if the disciples' hands are unwashed and they're not talking about dirty, like wash your hands with soap. They're talking about 
this thing called the netilat yadayim, the, the ritual hand washing, where you ritually wash your hands and you say a blessing that now your hands are purified. Mm-hmm. So when you touch the bread, now the bread, the holiness transfers to the bread. And if you don't do this hand washing, which is not in Torah, it's a doctrine made up by the Pharisees, by the men. I don't know who, if it was Pharisees, Sadducees, I don't know. By it was made up that would say, if I purify my hands, then I now purify the bread. And so the bread is no longer can make me unclean. And that goes back to another conversation we had where you have to look at the Bible versus the rules that they made. Correct. That would go on top of the Bible Correct. and you have to separate the two. Yes. But, and, and he, in that passage, I, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly here, he, Jesus is trying to take away what the men, what their laws were and say, you don't have to pay attention to those essentially, just pay attention to what we have said in Torah. Yes, close. Well, I want to make a. I want to because it does. Jesus does say, "Do what your teach, do what the Pharisees tell you, but don't do what they do, because they don't do what they tell you." So I don't want to take away from the the authority mm-hmm. that the Pharisees had, but Jesus, as a, a rabbi, uh, as a teacher, has the right to make determinations on things that are not Torah. Okay, so the reason why we have those determinations is because um, there are some rules or some things that the the Torah lays out that are kind of ambiguous or difficult to understand what it actually means. The the number one obvious, most easiest one to talk about is the don't work on the Sabbath. You're not to work, right? So then, as somebody who's thought about Keeping Sabbath, you know, you've worked through that Sabbath, you immediately begin to ask, well, what is that? What can I can't do? What can't I do? Well, the scripture is pretty silent. We have to like dig deep and try to find things, you know what I mean? But it doesn't give us a list. Mm -hmm. You have to interpret for yourself. You have to interpret. Within your heart, what does it work to you? And in Judaism, the way it works, the way it's set up is you put yourself under somebody's authority and then they make the determinations for you. So Jesus Mm. is saying to the Pharisees, I determine, my determination is that you've misunderstood how uncleanness transfers food, not things that are specifically listed in here that you're not allowed to eat because that would not be considered food. You know, um, it's food. We can eat a lot of things. I'm going to get really crass just to make a point. We could eat dead people. Some cultures do. Some cultures do. Would you consider that food? I would not. I would not consider it food. So if we were having a conversation about food and I said, all this food is good to eat, in your mind, you would not jump to, oh, I can eat dead people. Right? Correct. Okay. So that's the same situation that's going on. Jesus is talking to Pharisees who would never, none of the people in that story would ever think that something that God said is not food is, that Jesus is saying this is food now. 
because he said all food is clean. Mm-hmm. They're not jumping to this crazy thing because it's just so foreign to them to think, oh, so we can go eat whatever is flesh and bones. Because at the time, if you weren't, uh, just to, for my clarification, if you weren't Jewish, you would have thought those things were still food. So pork being the easy example. Yes. If I was not from that area, I would have thought that was food. So it, I'm assuming at times, as they, as time went on and they traveled about and they saw that people were doing it and that nothing was happening to them, that's kind of how, in the Christian well, sense, not the Jewish sense. Oh, okay. When you, whenever, it, you know, there's a lot of differences, but, you know, in the Christian sense of, okay, this wasn't food before, but now, let's say 200 years later, I see people eating it. That's food. I'm well, reading it in the Bible here, food, and and that I'm assuming yes, that's kind of how it for us because it has become food, right? Yeah. So we so for our culture, there are things that are we consider food mm-hmm. that would not have been considered food by Israel. Um. Yes. So we've read into that story. Mm-hmm. So you can, I mean, people, we can, you can have arguments. If you want to have arguments, you got to, let's go down into Paul, Romans, Romans 14. I can break that one down too, but we won't do that today. But, you know, let's, you can use that one to say we, we, Jesus, Jesus made things clean, right? Um, but this passage particularly is one where Jesus declares all foods clean, has nothing to do with no, ha, no longer having kosher rules mm-hmm. or laws. Okay. So, and I, before I change the topic, since you're the leader, no, I, we're <laughs> we're having a conversation. Do you have any other points on this one before I ask another question? Well, I was still going through. So the oh, Jewish yeah. literacy, anyway. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> See, bunch of books. This is how it works. A- every man's Talmud tells you this is what Israel believes, right? This is what Judaism believes. Like the Talmud is like. One of those Jewish writings. So we talked a little bit about the Mishnah and how it has this huge section on cleanness. So there's these debates on how do we follow how do we follow the Torah, mm-hmm. and so everybody has their own opinions and rabbis argue back and forth and whatever. And the Talmud is the collection of all of that. It's like the oral traditions, the rabbis talking. One rabbi says, this is okay. The other one says, this is not okay unless you do this. So it's all this discussion, and it's like volumes and volumes. And so this is like one book that kind of breaks it down. So if you want it, now again, I am not here saying, hey, we need to read all this so that we can become like rabbinic Jewish people. Um, My question stemmed around how can we understand the Bible times in the Jewish aspects that they had so we can better understand the Bible. Correct. Mm -hmm. So understanding how the people closest to, like Paul says, like, so, in Romans, so what advantage has the Jew? And he says, much in every way, because they were given the oracles of God. So, they're the closest to the text. It was given to them. It's theirs, right? And so, they're the ones who are going to understand it the closest. And so, we need to understand what, we need to know what they know. We need to try to understand how they think, how they approach it, because then it helps us be able to approach the text in a more accurate way without bringing our Western American mm-hmm. ideologies that, you know, we, in it, it, 
intentionally or inadvertently have collected in our lives. Mm-hmm. So this was another good one for me. Every mess, how many? And here's some more stuff. Dead Sea Scrolls, super important. Um, I haven't read all of this. I don't even think they've finished, they haven't even finished translating everything they found yet because it was in like 1940s. I don't know. I haven't studied some of this stuff in a (laughs) lot of years. (laughs) But like in the 1940s or something that, they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls and they haven't even finished translating them all, but they changed the way because they were the Dead Sea, the, the importance of the Dead Sea Scrolls was this information. So they found them in Qumran, which is a city just south of Jerusalem on the Dead Sea. And the, the city of Qumran uh, went out of existence in like 70. Uh, somewhere along the time of the destruction of the temple mm-hmm. and Israel was destroyed by, the, like, the Rome came in and put everything down. And so everything they found there is, like, first century information. It's They haven't found anything that old, you know, that goes back that far. So it's, like, the mm. closest to the time that you can find. And so there's some really cool stuff in there. Like, there's stuff in the Dead Sea Scrolls where it sounds exactly like, um, I think the Gospel of Luke, I can't remember which one it is. It's almost word for word, except it was first. It was written first. It had to have been written first because the city of Qumran was gone before the Gospel was written. Hmm. And it's, so it's like, this informa- it's so much and it's, there's too much for me. I, I don't have time and I'm not a smart, I'm not a scholar enough to study it all. But So there's a whole bunch of ways where you can just, Go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole, trying to wrap your mind around. I'm assuming that's all you've done the, the past. Uh, what? The, well, it was about the first sixteen years. Yeah, it's the it's first just been eight. Rabbit, or, rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of that, <laughs> which is you know it's helpful, and that's why I'm thankful to be able to do a podcast because it just makes it easier for everybody mm-hmm. who hasn't had the. The opportunity, like I had to, I can go pick down and choose rabbit what rabbit holes I want to yeah. go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can study those, and then you can just ask me questions, and I can. I don't know. I mean, hopefully, what I hopefully what I say just makes you want to go down those rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so we went through all, all, all the all the <laughs> books that I'm gonna look at, maybe read. I don't know. Yeah, that looks intimidating. I will tell you though, but, the best one to read is this one. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Like, I would say, if you have not, everybody who's watching, listening, sitting next to me in the room, if you have not, in a year or less, gone through the entirety of reading cover to cover on this, you have to do it. You have to. Um, the most significant thing for me in really starting to put things together was our small group went through it in 90 days. Which is a very That's fast. Hard. It's a fast period of time, but when we pick and choose and we grab a little here and a grab a little there, you don't get the fullness of the story. You have to read it cover to cover, at least once, at least once, cover to cover, um, because it helps you be like, oh, 
it really does make a huge difference. So the most important thing is to read this cover to cover as fast as you can so that it doesn't get lost. Even in a year, I, I, by the time you get through Isaiah and then you get to Revelation, you've, you're having a hard time putting those together, but they connect. All right. So I had a question. Now I've got multiple oh, questions. This is this. Yeah, this is why we yeah, do well, this. I mean, that's why I have to remember all my questions now. With the Bible, you're saying cover to cover. Would you ever recommend someone do a chronological order? Hey, yeah, either way. Yeah. So yeah, it works. Okay. That works. In fact, the Bible that we have is not even the same Bible that Israel had. They separate the... Uh, I use the word Old Testament only because it's the most identifiable identifiable way to describe it for the majority of the audience that listens. Mm-hmm. Um, some people get offended by that because it says then that it's old and the New Testament is new and so we don't need the old because we have the new. And I hate those designations of Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, a lot of people Testament. a lot of people will say the Hebraic scriptures or the apostolic scriptures or the Greek text versus the Hebraic text. Um, which I would prefer to use those terms, but just to make it, so I'm saying, so that's a whole nother thing too. We shouldn't even call it those things. It's like, it should just be the whole Testament. (laughs) Yeah. So when you're going through, Mm -hmm. do you mark up your Bible or how do you take notes? So I'm, I'm trying to think through myself. So let's say if I did it in a year, I start, I like, so I, I use the Bible app on my phone. Mm-hmm. I yeah, see, you you have the real thing. I just have my uh-huh. it's uh-huh. I prefer the real, but it's just easier but to have you can't your, find one. in your pocket. They're hard to come by in America. <laughs> I know. They're hard to get. <laughs> I so when I'm when I'm all the way down, I'm gonna forget certain things that I that stuck out or that were important in mm-hmm. you know Genesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that you keep those important things in the front? Do you take notes outside of the Bible, and then you have? Well, if you look at look at my Bible, um, you got a whole page. It's like writing on the front and back of a page, and then an empty page, and then writing on the front and back of a page, and an empty page. If you see, there's no writing. I was going to say there's no writing there. Here we got we've got writing. Um, The thing is, is that I had another Bible with like the margins. Man, and it, it, it was the one I went through 90 days, and then I went through it in a year, and then we went and visited my brother, and I left it in the hotel room, and I don't. Uh, hopefully somebody who needed it more than I, I left it there, and they never had it turned in. It was very hard for me. Like, I did this whole class on the book of Hebrews, and my book, the book of Hebrews was just... Arrows like I had, like <laughs> I don't know if I have it in here now, but so yeah, okay. So for example, here. Um, so you would go back. You keep all of your notes in your Bible. Yeah, and I don't, for the most part, like, I won't say all, but I should show you my wife. She takes notes. I don't take a ton of notes, but like right here, I've got like in Leviticus twenty three is talking about the feast of trumpets. I've got Ezekiel thirty three, Second Chronicles thirteen four, read Numbers ten. Right, I got them all there, right? Because when I'm reading and I was in Ezekiel and I was like, 
this is like the Feast of Trumpets. Like this makes, this sounds like this. So I go back to that passage and I make a note. And in Ezekiel 33, I will have Leviticus 23, 23, right? Mm -hmm. So that when I'm reading through there the next time, it'll have it there. And I do have all kinds of notes. I wish you should have seen Hebrews, man. It was like circles and arrows. And well, you can see Hebrews has a ton more in it. Mm -hmm. But this is the second time, like, this is not even the one I did this whole class on. So that's how I do it. And I will say that there are studies, and I think we've mentioned this in a previous episode, but when you have your phone and you swipe to the next page, it's like a thing in your mind that says, this is not important. Now, I don't know. This could be maybe for the older generation that have had actual books, you know. Um, but I, will t- I do know that the layout of every one of these pages is different. The layout on every one of these pages mm-hmm. is the same. And so I can think of passages in my mind and I see it on the page. Hmm. And I remember it. Like, I can go find it because I'm like, I know it was in here, like right in here on the page. That makes sense. And so your mind captures it better. And so I would suggest use your, use your physical text. And there were times when we had our small group going through, I would see on the Bible app, we had different plans, and I would go, okay, I'll go to my Bible, read it there. Because mm-hmm. then you have the the notes at the bottom and uh-huh. I'm like, that's a help. Uh, so I prefer that way. Mm-hmm. This is just easier. So I I'm do it with both. Route. Honestly, I do it with both. I will have my Bible and I can't read the Bible without having the blue letter Bible app to mm-hmm. look up all the words because mm-hmm. that in the Greek or the Hebrew. Right. And that was going to be my next question. See, now we're all right. kind of all right, There you go. So connecting both pieces so far, I don't know if you want me to do that or not. If you're gonna break this up, look, I just want to hang out with you. <laughs> I'm hanging out with you. We're not. They're here, but they're just they're they're kind of rude. They're just eavesdropping on our conversations. So. <laughs> it's kind of rude. It's gonna be more weird whenever we're in the GoPros. <laughs> yeah, because they don't even have a microphone, so it'll be weird. <laughs> so the Jewish piece, we're gonna look at that along with the you know Bible uh, questions. Combine it. The so I was trying to do a study and I was looking at it was like a five day study of um, bringing the Jewish back to Jesus or, okay. or something like yep. that and I was going through it and it was making really good points throughout like okay if you read these scriptures you actually look up the original meaning and one point was like Jesus' father was earthly father um, what if he wasn't a carpenter what if he was actually a masonry, mm-hmm. and I'm like, like that's a really, mason. Uh, really yeah. interesting. I go back and like, in my version, it said carpenter, and another one it said uh, craftsman or something, which I just immediately think wood or, or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. then when you uh, go to the Blue Letter Bible and click on that word, it was uh, wood or stone, mm-hmm. and then he was talking about how Nazareth was ninety percent. Stone, yeah, essentially, and I'm like, yeah. that makes a whole new meaning for certain messages, and and I'm I'm not a good memorizer, uh-huh. so I'm gonna butcher it, but essentially, like, build your house on the rock, 
all of a sudden I was like, uh, wow, that is, I never you know, yeah. thought of that. So all of that to say, when you're reading, how do you pick and choose kind of what you want to dive deep? Like when you see a certain word, like that doesn't make sense or I don't know what the original meaning was here. Mm-hmm. I don't have that mindset yet. I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Check, go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it might be because of all the yes, the other homework that you've done, all the rabbit holes. But now I'm just curious, how do you go through like, okay, this is interesting. Let me get out the Blue Letter Bible, look up this word, see the original meaning, context, because it's been, you know, you just keep making new and new versions of the Bible and you're right. losing, <clears throat> I'm not going to say all of the meaning, because you can still get a lot of meaning out of the Bible, yes. but you're going to lose some of those words that can mean a lot. Yeah, so, um, excellent question, by the way. Um, and it's very personal, if you don't mind sharing. And, you know, this started with me in West Virginia, I was at a church in West Virginia, and there was a guy named Troy Miley who studied his Bible. Like, he studied and studied and studied. I, I think I may get the exact numbers wrong, but I'm pretty certain it was something similar to he had spent about six to eight hours every day studying for seven years the book of Ephesians. Which is only six chapters. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And so he like had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks, and his Bible was just just every, you couldn't even read the text almost because there were so many markings and so many things. And I sat with him asking these questions like this, and it was like he was almost like you know how when you read the Paul's letters, they're really hard to understand. Sometimes mm-hmm. he was so like in that whole nother place that I would just, I would go away with headaches. And I was just like, ooh. And so what he bought me, this was before I could just open up Blue Letter Bible and kind of get the definitions, a whole set, I call them the purple books, they're like Kittles anyway. He gave me, he bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of books for me. And it started with this. It was in John, I believe, it says, in John it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? Okay, so the word beginning is the Greek word archi, okay, archi. And then he was like, now, check this out. And he went to, uh, I'm assuming it's Ephesians. It had to have been because he spent so much time in Ephesians. <laughs> um for, I think it's Ephesians 6. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against... Let me look. I'm going to double check it. Kevin knows all this stuff. Like, Kevin knows where every Bible verse is. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Some people are gifted with that. Like I said, I I never liked to memorize. Yeah, it is. I got it right. I got it right. I'm not very good either. Do you want your gold star? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Ding! Like, dude, perfect would put a star. I don't, I'm not a good enough editor, but I would do that. He'd be like, bing, get can, the star. We can edit, like, I can have some cookies here. Like, oh, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
So it says here, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And um, in another version, it's like our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities over this present darkness. And that, the word, so here it's rulers and authorities, that word authorities is the same Greek word, archi. It's the same word to say in the beginning, which we think at the start of time, mm-hmm. or to say we're battling against this authority, this authority structure, archi. And it was like, he was like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even understand. How can those two words be the same? But he's saying, so maybe what John is saying is, in the beginning, in the existing power structure of good and evil and the forces fighting each other was the word. And the word was made flesh, Mm. right? And so it's like, I was like, wow. (laughs) So it began, I began to say, okay, pick almost any passage of scripture. So we're just going to do a random thing. This is how my mind works. We'll do a New Testament one. We'll do something in Paul. Maybe that'll be fun. You say random. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to narrow it down to New Testament. I'm going to narrow it down to Paul. How about Paul? I'm going to narrow it down to Paul. How about we'll narrow it down to 1 Corinthians? No, this is 2 Corinthians. Boom. Randomly okay, here we go. Underlined. I don't know. I'm trying to find one that has a word that would be like, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness. Okay? Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers for his what partnership. That was random. I just turned on the page. I, the first one I read didn't have any words in it. That I, It was like more just, we traveled I, I say, here. Yes. Right? Yes, okay? Yes, yes. So. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness. Okay, so I'm like, my brain immediately says, okay, what is righteousness? What is, what is, what is righteousness? So I need to look that up, okay? So we're going to see if we find anything cool in here. Uh, this is... What happens if we don't? Oh, we will, because <laughs> it's always cool. <laughs> This is 2 Corinthians 6, 6, 14. Blue Letter Bible, 2 Corinthians 6. Go down to 14, tap on the verse, hit the inner linear. Okay, it's going to pull up if my internet will work in my basement. Come on, there we go. Okay, inner linear. Do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness. Decoya sine. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that sounds like you, you nailed it. Here, we'll have him say it. You can say it? No, he's not. In a broad sense, state of him who is as he ought to be, the condition acceptable to God. Okay, so righteousness is the condition acceptable to God. Mm. So I'm just already, I'm just like, wow. The condition acceptable to God. And it's don't be unequally yoked. So the condition acceptable to God stands in contradiction to the next word, lawlessness. So what's that word, lawlessness? The condition of without law. Anomia. 
Anomia. Anomanopia. Anomia. Violation of the law. Contempt and violation of law. Do you know when the anomania, root word from, I'm going to tap on that. (laughs) So it says root word from, anomos, departing from the law, destitution of the Mosaic law. So the root word of the word lawlessness is those who have, this is right here in Paul's writings. Paul's writings, those who have made themselves destitute from the Mosaic law. That's the blue letter Bible, just defined that for me. So what is righteousness? Those who are acceptable to God. What is the opposite of righteousness? Lawlessness. Those who are destitute from the Mosaic law. You can't get that. Mm -hmm. You can't understand that if you don't look at those words. Mm -hmm. And I did not choose that verse intentionally and you did not know this question was coming i didn't showed up yeah but so that's why you gotta look at it you just the more you you look at which which words kind of stick out to you yeah and and the more you do it the more you uncover stuff and the more the bible so in if you're here's the thing is like people will be like i struggle to do my devotions in the morning i struggle to do my 15 minutes of reading my bible because it's just that boring ho-hum and the reason why is because um, we don't know how to make it come alive because it's the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. I've read all this before. I've read all this before. Righteousness and lawlessness. That Well, that means don't be a sinner and be a good person, but that's not what it said. It's like if you want to be acceptable to God, well, then all of a sudden now – as I'm reading my scripture, I should feel some conviction if I don't even understand the Mosaic law because it just, in Paul's writings, just said this is how you find your right. Not that, before we move further, I want everybody to understand there are passages in all throughout Paul. This is, the, this is what I love about Paul. Paul says, your righteousness and my righteousness are not defined by my obedience to the Mosaic law. Our righteousness is defined by our faith in Jesus the Messiah. So, we become righteous by our faith in Him as Messiah. Just like Israel was accepted by God, chosen by God, before he took them out of slavery, they were his people. Before he took them, so they were slaves in Egypt, and he says, you're my people, I'm going to take you out, and make, and we're, you are mine, I'm going to save you. He saved them from Egypt. Did they do anything? The only thing they really did was wipe the blood on their door, right? Mm-hmm. Which is... Totally just an illusion. We're going to do some feast stuff, um, the, the holidays in the fall, and that Passover, the blood on the doors. Like Jesus' Passover lamb, his blood marks the door of our house, door of our hearts. So we get marked. That's what saves us. Our faith in God 
as the savior, savior, faith in Jesus as the sacrifice that saves marks us, we are now saved. We are now his people. So God did that, but he took them into the wilderness and then gave them the law to say, this is how you live out the righteousness that I put on you. So I, we believe the same thing. It's not our obedience to the commands that make us righteous. It's our faith in Jesus that makes us righteous. But because we are righteous, in order to continue to live a life that's acceptable to God, we have to know what it means to live like he says to live. It doesn't, you can't, Paul says, how do I know what sin is except for the law? And apart from the law, there is no sin. So if we're going to say there is no law anymore and we don't no longer have to live by the law, if Jesus did away with the law, then there is no sin. Nothing's wrong. I don't know if we can air this one. <laughs> this is too this is too revealing. So, and this is what usually happens. We get to that point and then it's just like it's just like crickets cuz it's so like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That was not your question. So you got to study. You got to know. Oh, that was my question. You got to know. And if you're spending your 15 minutes and you can't find it, it's because you haven't, you just need to learn how to ask a question. Just just don't mm-hmm. read it and ex- and just be like, okay, I got that. Because it's not. Even for the Bi- Bible scholars, will spend, Troy spent seven years, six hours a day in six chapters. How do you even do that? You know he had it memorized. He probably had it memorized in four different Bible versions or 10 different Bible versions. It's, you just keep digging and digging and, and it's just new, 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 new every morning, mm-hmm. new information, new, that just brings, breathes life into you. And in Ephesians, there's this prayer that Paul prays. It says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that we would have in our knowledge of God. I want to read it. It's so important. Don't want to get it wrong? No. I want to I want to, I don't want you to question my um quoting abilities, but <laughs> I want you to read it. This is Ephesians one. Um for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. This is what we always do, okay? And this is a, I'm not trying to get into a theological discussion about the Trinity, okay? I'm not trying to do that. But Paul, the writer of this says, I pray that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's not how well do you know Jesus? It's how well do you know the Father of Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. The wisdom and understanding comes from knowing, hit the knowledge of him, of God, the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. 
I pray that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and understanding. Our wisdom, which is the ability to know the truth, and our understanding like is like a revelation, wisdom and revelation. It's like the hidden things. So to be able to understand the truth, the reality of life, and even in the hidden circumstances comes from our knowledge of him. So we can't dig into the scriptures if we're not seeking out him. You're never going to, if you're just reading your Bible because it's the time of the day and this is what I have to do to fulfill the, to mark it off my list to say I'm a good godly person, then it's probably not going to speak to you. Mm -hmm. But if you're seeking out him, he will give you the spirit. So in that verse, you have the father, the son, and the spirit, the spirit on you that will give you wisdom and revelation, wisdom and revelation that will come out of here and that will flow out of your life to the people around you. I will tell you that before I started studying all this Jewish stuff and started digging into my scripture because it changed, I thought I knew everything and then I realized I don't know anything. I don't know, I didn't know anything really. And I had to start studying because I was looking to see who is like going back here and learning who God is and what he calls us to be and what he says, these are my people. My people look like this. I had I had really no idea. And so I, until I started digging into them, man, I was a youth pastor and I don't know that I ever talked about God with people. I don't I never led anybody to Jesus. But then when I began to dig in, it overwhelmed me. Hmm. It overwhelmed my life. And now you know. This is all I this is where it goes. This is all I talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's not just me because I've got another guy in our in our small group that's super reserved and quiet. He's an amazing guitar player, but super reserved and quiet. And he's begun to study and he's begun to dig into this, into the old stuff, of the old parts and trying to seek out the wisdom of God. And he's like evangelizing to people. Mm. And it's amazing because it's hard to witness to people if it's not, if it doesn't matter really mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. But when you start to say, my righteousness, the, our, right, our acceptance to God is, is defined by what my life looks like, then my life has to change. And when my life changes, it just begins to flow out of who we are. Hmm. So is that kind of like your selling point for someone to not do the bare minimum. So I'm I'm not to judge. No one here knows who gets into heaven, who doesn't. Um, there's people who will do the checkbox items, go to church regularly, you know, and, and you know, there's a whole spectrum. And um, you know, just on a basic level, you attend, you'll get baptized, you know, you'll start studying, maybe reading here and there, small group, um, hopefully start tithing. And then like the tithe is typically one of the last pieces that a believer does. That's of, a like, hard one because it um, actually hey, affects I'm, our life. I put my belief, Yeah, here you go. But it's almost like this is even a step further than that because this is, just seems like so much more, uh, I'm not going to say drastic, but it's it's a level deeper than most people would do 
in those studies or small group times. So you're not only asking them to go to their last normal point, but like a step further to just experience all all of what God can provide. You know, is is that that experience and and love that we will obtain kind of the selling point of why someone should oh d- go dude, all the way absolutely like totally i mean i the reason why i do the podcast the reason why i talk about this all the time is because it is so drastically affected and i was a like a i was a paid minister you know in the ministry getting paid doing the church thing, doing all that stuff. I was a pastor's kid growing up, went to church all the time. Mm. I knew all of that. I knew it all. I knew it all, but it wasn't, I actually came to a place where I was like, I either, I wrote in my journal, um, okay, God, either there has to be more to this or I think maybe I was just brainwashed because I was born into it. There has to be more because it just is like dead. Mm. I just feel dead. And I just quit reading my Bible, and I, I was being paid to lead people at this point. It was terrible, which is a sad state that you never know where your pastors are at because they can't be real. Hopefully, if you're a pastor and you're listening and you're struggling, find someone you can talk to. Um, is your father still alive? Yes. So, because I, I know, obviously, your brother's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he has been able to take some of those like deeper steps. Uh, does your so my parents are following this also? Yeah, they're, okay, so they're, they're moving into all this. Okay, yeah, yeah. They okay, are. That, was, that was gonna be my my question. They are. Of, are it's they- kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, it's like um, my brother and I went on a trip to Israel and we came back and we spent the next year trying to. We were challenged on that trip to try to say, okay, maybe, maybe this is stuff we shouldn't we should still be applying in our lives. And we spent about a year trying to prove that wrong and couldn't. Just like every time we went to the text, God was like, no, see, no, see. Um, so it's been a long time. And and as you, if you've listened, you've seen he's so much smarter than me. <laughs> so it wasn't just me, because you could question just me, but with him, like, he's so good. Ah, he's amazing. Um, he'll be mad that I said that. Well, it's true. Sometimes you just got to accept it, James. Um uh, and so we really like continually pushed each other and saying, what about this? What about this? And it slowly became, did you see this? What about, do you see this? Do you see this? And so it went from trying to prove it wrong to wait a minute, maybe this, here it is again, here it is again, here it is again, here's it again, all throughout the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Like every passage, you know, I know when I have these conversations, I'm sure there are people on the other side that, you know, pastors, scholars, that are going to be like, yeah, well, what about this passage? Well, I'm pretty, I mean, we can talk about it. I'm sure that I've, because I knew all those, and I went through all those passages mm-hmm. saying, the law is, if you're under the, anyone who's under the law is under a curse. And, oh, you foolish, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You know, I know all these. Romans 14, 14, or it, I don't know if it's 14, 14, but 14, I and myself know that all foods are clean. I mean, I've dealt with that. all foods. Paul says all foods are clean. We can, you know, I've wrestled with them all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is not what your question was. The thing is, is that this, it has brought life. It's brought me life. And my wife has, has 
come along and it's brought her life and we would never go we would never go back we couldn't go back it's just it's put it's the the it's so hard okay so try to try to think about it the struggle is so hard for me is that i want everybody to see it and want everybody to understand it because i know what it's like to have faith in the like modern our, our, most of our faith is just a statement of beliefs. I believe God, I believe Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit, I know he died for my sins, and then I'm going to do my best to try to read my Bible and not do the things that our culture says mm-hmm. are, are wrong and do the things that are right, be a good person or whatever. And, and so we kind of live in that, but when you when you – The difference is when you accept the whole of Scripture and you say, okay, God, I want you to apply whatever in here, whatever in here, however difficult it might be, like the tithing one, you know, it's like tithing is so hard, but I don't know anybody that's decided to tithe that regrets it afterwards. I don't know anybody that does that, right? And why is it? It's because we're saying, okay, here's an actual tangible physical part of my life that I have to surrender to you. That affects mm-hmm. my life. Oh, yeah. That's what he calls us to. He's like, I want you to surrender the entirety of your life, including what you eat, including how hard you work, including what holidays you're going to celebrate, including the, the, the way all of it. It's like every little piece of your life, I want you to surrender that to me. And so he's like, I've got all of this root, all of this laid out in a way that will bring honor and glory to me through your life and blessing to you because of it. And and you don't go back. You don't want to go back. It's not easy when you have to write that tithe check or give that money. You know, it's there are times, there are months when you're like, boy, I could sure use that. But you know that if you keep it. It's gonna be it's gonna be worse mm-hmm. than if you give it. It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. He's just he's asking for us. He's like righteousness is acceptable to me is are you willing to do will you will you sacrifice it all? Will you give it all up? Everything to be obedient to what I call you to. And that Acts 15, okay, so in Acts 15, it says, the very beginning, what what must the Gentiles do to be saved? And they go through this debate, and they're like, well, they can't do these four things for salvation. They can't, blah, 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 four things. We covered in a previous episode. But the very next verse says, because Moses is taught every week in their synagogues. So it's like, there are some things you got to eliminate in your life. And then the rest is like for the rest of your life. So for the rest of your life, God's going to be saying, oh, okay. So you got the 10% down. All right. Well, now I need you to do this. Uh, Now I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. Now I need you to do this because I'm going to chip away, chip away, chip away. All of you that's there until it's only me. And that's what it means to be righteous. Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's a good selling point. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I feel like this is a good, <laughs> that was a lot. We should do this again though. I feel like there's some good, more good questions that you can, you can come up with. So um, maybe I'll just 
pray and we'll close it out. And Sounds good. It's been a good time. I don't know if you had a good time or not. It's always a good time with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll just pray. Heavenly Father, uh, just I really am very thankful that you took me along and you taught me and you put me in the right places to have all these books and have the time necessary to spend years studying and reading and searching in. And I, um, I'm thankful that you're real and you're powerful in my life and you're moving. Um, I, I do pray God that even as I sit here, you know, like I got a lot of me still left that needs chipped away. So I just pray that you would just uh, keep chipping, keep leading me, and ask God that you would be with Matt and everybody else who's hanging out with us on this conversation. And I just pray, God, that you and your um, the amazing way that you have to just put your thumb on the, on the beating of our heart and just say, hey, I have more for you. I pray, God, that you would just call people into the more that you would lead them into your righteousness to say, this, this is what I want. This is what I need from you. This is acceptable. This is good. This is righteousness. So I just pray that you would lead us into our next step into righteousness. No matter how young or old we are, God, I just pray that it would just be a continual movement and I ask, Father God, that if there are people out there that are taking like what seems to be the largest, most significant, most scary, most dangerous step towards you that they could ever take, that you would overwhelm them with your blessing. That they would know this is right and this is good and that they would never look back. We ask it in your amazing name and in the name of Jesus, our Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So share the show with your friends and family and be sure to leave a rating and review. You can also find all our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. We'll see you next time. Is there a point to that? Hi. My name is Dave Campbell. I'm glad I brought you here today. It's just me today, but I'm going to talk about my amazing friends. Oh.